Welcome to episode 139 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Chris. It's a trap! I remember, I, I said my name and then I remembered to stop. Uh, it's been, it's... I, I would use the excuse that it's been three weeks, but when did I ever remember to stop beforehand? I mean, it's close enough. It's true. And honestly, it's a trap after me saying my name is is apropos, to be sure. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm Chris. I am here. As always, with my wonderful co-hosts, Miranda and Rana, and with Kristen, our wonderful producer. And it has been a while. Welcome back, everyone. Miranda's like, I, I've oh been here. Oh my god! He made it! <laughs> so I, I've just been Sorry. sitting at my computer every day after work, waiting for somebody to pop in. To just hoping. <laughs> just opening Squadcast. It's like, I haven't read the book or anything. I'm just waiting. <laughs> You're just that meme of Pablo Escobar just, like, standing in an empty pool staring. Yeah, in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Um, well, before we, well, actually, actually, before we get started on the book, I haven't said anything about today. We are starting our read of The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Very excited. Going to be doing this one a little bit differently um, since there are forty stories, which is a lot of stories. We're going to be kind of picking and choosing our favorites and and the ones that we want to talk about. Um, and uh, so, if we don't hit your favorite story, your taste probably sucks um but no that's it's 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 fine um but yeah so so we went from you like what you like to you suck if you don't agree with our favorites okay yes cool. correct this is where the fun it's better trans- um before we start what's everyone drinking uh I'll, I'll, I'll go i guess i um i made myself a little moscow meat before this except i don't have a fancy cup a glass that sounds delicious it's a yeah, good choice I'm really jealous of that actually I got, um, God, months ago, uh, it, during the part of the pandemic where it was cold and we were hanging out in an open garage with our masks on in the middle of fucking winter. Um, like, there are a couple- See, also New England every year. <laughs> there were a couple of times in a row where like we'd go over and do it and then we'd all go home with something. And one of the, the times I was over there, my friend just like had fucking case like a case of vodka and so we all just went home with one with a bottle i was like okay i don't really drink a lot of vodka but i'll take that's a nice participation gift yeah it's, it was free it 99 who's who says no i'm drinking something called mamosa because it's supposed to be a mother's day beer but that this was absolutely mm. beer that was free i have some opinions what? on that <laughs> it being called mamosa <laughs> or a mother's day beer yes or something else <laughs> the whole thing she said yes uh this is from goldwater brewing company in arizona mm. also wasn't I, someone drinking a good dad beer a couple of weeks ago the dad or beer. the dad beer yeah dad beer. what's the difference between that and like a mamosa beer it it feels like it's like overly gendering this beer to be like oh my god it's like a mimosa women love that they don't drink oh beer. yeah I guess I didn't think of mimosas being well, directly feminine, but yeah, I guess neither. that makes sense if you think of it that way. It is golden uh, ale conditioned on fresh orange and grapefruit peel. It does sound real good. Though. Say, honestly, that <laughs> sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> sounds amazing yeah, you would like, like a summer it. day. I thought, yeah. Y'all would like it. I did not think about that, but I think 
Rana makes a great point about dad beer, though. Because yeah. <laughs> same. Yeah. Dad's like beer. Yeah. And it's like it's like the the barbecue. Dad's out back in his uh, yes. his denim shorts. The can is like his Hawaiian shirt. Dad doesn't wear denim shorts. I mean, my dad doesn't wear denim oh, shorts either. Oh, that is either, pretty. That I is think. a beautiful. It's got oranges on it. Who's anyway, the um, it says Happy Mother's Where did it come from? It. It's from Arizona. I got. Oh, sorry, anytime, you said that. And I it's okay. Anytime uh, it's from Scottsdale. Anytime uh, two of my friends leave Portland to go find the sun, they bring me back beer from wherever they were because I watch their kitty cat. That's nice. And then I just get free beer. I'm going to turn down so I don't again. (laughs) Yeah, I wondered if that was intentional or not. I was like, this is Super Troopers moment. Like, (laughs) something's happening. Um, I'll awkwardly go next now that I destroyed something. Um, So I accidentally grabbed the wrong beer slash wasn't paying attention to the beer that I grabbed and then remembered I was supposed to save this for like a hike. But it's fine. I'll get another one. I am drinking um, a Weldworks Brewing Pilsner. Um... I have no idea how to say this. Urkweld, U-R-Q-W-E-L-D, Urkweld, I assume. Um, or U-R-Q-Weld, which I don't think is right. Oh, no, um, I've, looked, I've a, looked this up several times, and I still don't remember how to pronounce it because it's it's like the it's the original Pilsner is the Pilsner Urkweld. Well, yeah, I have no idea I figured it must be because below it it says Czech-style Pilsner. That's going to be But it. it would be amazing in the summer like when it's really warm which is why i got this for like a hot hike in the summer and then you have your little summit beer uh this is from Greeley, colorado which i don't normally care about except that it's where i got my vaccine and where kate and chris got their vaccines so i guess now the other point for that town is and does it describe the beer it does not describe the beer at all i think it just assumes that people know what it pills and that's it yeah it, it is, so it'll be a light enjoyment too yeah, it is. It's very, that's why I got it for like hiking, you know? Yeah. It's very like smooth and I almost wish I had opened it at like 1 p.m. on a weekend in the summer. You know, you but that's cool. It's delicious. That. Yeah. Seven... <laughs> that's that's very greely that they're true. just like, we're not going to describe the beer. You either know it or you don't. Slash most craft beers. That's, I just, I don't know. I feel like Greeley, Colorado has a very specific, like, like that joke I made about your taste being bad. If we don't talk about your story, Greeley would be serious about that. Yeah. It's that and then cattle ranchers. Yeah, so exactly. Those are the two options. What about you, Chris? What are you drinking? Um, wow, I have only had one sip. I'm, I don't know why I can't say the word drinking. <laughs> I am just drinking a wow, blackberry white I guess it's a strong pilsner. Because Ooh, we just still nice. have a bunch of drinks left over from having people. But I'm a fan. Pineapple. I've ever had black. Have you had the pineapple? I have that had the pineapple. delicious. I don't like pineapple generally, just like as a flavor. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, that was a little harsh. No, it was, it was, it was warranted. Um, yeah, pineapple is just not my favorite. I couldn't tell you why. Um, so generally, it's such like a mellow flavor. I know it is. Mango is very much my shit. Like if we're if we're like going like tropical ish flavors, like mango is very much my shit. Um, Mango. Yeah, generally, if we get a box that has pineapple in it, Kate will just drink those. I will say though, when I I was in Mexico a few years back, pre in the before times, and um, I had pineapple there, and like. In multiple places where I had pineapple, it was like the most amazing like pineapple I've ever had. And I was like, oh, if we had good shit like this in the States, maybe I would like pineapple. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think pineapple is decent. But then when it's like fresh, perfectly ripe pineapple and it's like it like melts on your tongue slash while it disintegrates your taste buds, that is amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like a fun pineapple fact that I've never... The snack that fights yeah. back. <laughs> I've never done my research on this. So I hope this is not a false fact. But what I've always heard is that um, people who harvest pineapples often lose their fingerprints while harvesting them because they're so acidic. Um, that processing and harvesting, I think more processing, 
um, disintegrates your fingertips temporarily. I have not heard that, but I would believe it so. because I know that I, I do know that they are very acidic, so I'd buy it. I'm going to look it up now to see if that was a lie that I just told. Like, this they, is how rumors spread on social media. <laughs> you found it on the bottom That's of a Snapple like cap one time. not a bad one to start. <laughs> My dad used to always say it. Yeah. Friction ridges will become less distinct temporarily, but eventually they heal and appear the same as before. All right. Yeah. Good to know if I'm about to commit a crime. Eat some pineapple. I think you'd have to, like, you have to, like process it for days. But yeah. For a while. It's hard work. <laughs> Listen. If I'm committing the crime like, anyway. I'll just eat these snacks on the balcony. Typical white man thinks <laughs> eating a snack will solve the problem. Eating snacks solves a lot of problems, if we're going to be honest. Solve a lot it's true. Of my As someone problems. who gets very hangry, someone who gets really hangry, I should have said thinks having a snack will help him get away with crime. I wasn't really thinking. Maybe He's I gonna need to do snack. that anyway. It's true. All right. So before we dive in to our reading, um, we are uh, promoting a new organization for these episodes on empire strikes back pop um and this week or this month this period of time uh we are encouraging people to donate to islamic relief usa uh that's at irusa.org um they are doing a lot of relief work in getting food and water and shelter to people who are displaced and victims of state violence in palestine so really a great organization uh we encourage people to give to if they can and on that note Let's talk about other fascism. Always fast. <laughs> Always fast. Now this is pod <laughs> Now, I, this shows you where my head is at now. I'm just imagining, like, fucking Hayden Christensen, like, dead voice being like, now this is fascism. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get it in the Obi-Wan series. We can only hope. <laughs> God, that would be great. You gotta put in a special request for that shit. Deb Chow. I hate it when he does that. Famously listens to this podcast. <laughs> Someone has to get on Cameo. Is that the Absolutely. Thing where you... That's what Twitter says. I don't actually know if it's real, but I assume. Based on I, I see somebody. Um, he's like, I'm on Cameo. And I'm are a college basketball analyst. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want you at my wedding or day party. Yeah, maybe that'd be like a hate gift. <laughs> <laughs> Put together the most awkward birthday to... party ever. <laughs> Not to jump in here, I wish I knew who she was talking about so I could absolutely pay this person $5 to tell her to go fuck herself. <laughs> yeah, you better tell us the name now, Barb. No. She's going to... Okay, we can do some research later. I'll, I'll figure this we'll out. We'll find some hockey player from, like, Pittsburgh or something. It'll be fine. I just know that you're a DC hockey fan. Whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, let's talk about Eyes of the Empire, uh, the first story in the book by Kirsten White. Um, I have no transitions today, so I'm just going to dive in. Um... I feel like this is a very similar story to one to ones that we've gotten in various other novels and previous Fakpov editions. Did anyone else feel like that? I wasn't focusing so much on that. It, there was kind of a weird vibe to me. Like, it was very much, you know, like, workplace story. You know, you've got the one guy who's, like, got a stick up his ass, and this other guy washed out, but he's fun. Um, and, like... She's doing her job, but, like, she's, you know, she's stuck in a, um, like, at a desk, just seeing all these cool places. A space desk. A space desk in space, seeing other places through droids that are also in space. And I'm like, do you, do you want to go to Hoth? Like, do you, I was like, is she, like, there were, I forget exactly what it was, but there was a part where I was like, is she just miserable at her fucking desk job? I think, to me, it was less that she was sympathizing with the rebels and more that she was just like kind of oblivious to politics like one of those like one of those people who 
is just like like all they want to do is travel and they have no bearing on like what's going on in the places they're traveling or like what went into creating the resorts they're staying in or stuff like that and like she she seemed very um i can't think of the word but uh it it didn't seem like she had like the actual implications of all these various places in mind at all other than ooh that looks awesome yeah i mean i think we kind of saw it a little bit when she did find them on hoth but it was more like look i did a good because i'm a cog in the fascist machine yeah until the last like page or three paragraphs or so and then which kind of surprised me like there was a reference earlier in that very chapter to someone saying oh well we just kill people who are you know causing problems so it's not like she didn't know people would die but i guess seeing the image like that probably happens in real life too but i guess like seeing the actual devastation made a difference i guess maybe because it's hoth they're still very intact yeah i weeks think later i think this goes to what I know I screamed about a lot on um, whatever the last Alphabet Squadron was. Okay, no, no one's going to provide that title for me. Was that Victory's Price? Oh, no, it was. Uh, sorry, you were you were you were looking for the title. <laughs> it was Shadowfall. Oh right, the only like a Shadowfall, name we should Yes, thank you. It, where it's like you know, I mean, she she is very kind of far away from the action, so to say. She's she's looking at the places. She's finding the places. She's doing the camera. She's not the one seeing the devastation. She's like, oh, look at this. And then, you know, she moves on. The Empire goes in and kills everyone. Like, out of sight, out of mind. As you said that, she really reminds me of the person who feels more upset about the dog dying in movies than about the people. What if we're that person? I mean, listen. In movies, not in real life. Just in that's, movies. No, that's fair. Let me, let me use a different example. The person who, like... No, it's okay. I suck. No. It's the person, it's the person who's very concerned about Luke. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's, it's the yeah. person who, like, you'll see, like, you know, like, information about, like, deforestation in, I don't know, like, like, Southeast Asia or something, and you're, like, seeing how it's affecting, like, millions, displacing millions of people, and then, like, one, like, environmental organization comes in and is, like, but the elephants, and, and they take yeah, all the money. Yeah, the orangutans. Or, like, when that Amy Cooper incident happened last summer, and then there are people who were like, oh, my God, but her dog! And we were like, yeah, we know the dog is a problem, but the real problem is, like, yeah, what about the fact that she tried to, like, calling the police yeah. for literally no reason. Literally, like, threatened in as many words to call hit squad on this dude. Yeah. 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 No, it's... And, and, I, and I do feel like this is, like, intentional of, like, the story. Like, I'm, like, I'm... At least I'm not shitting on, like, the story itself. I think it's it, it's very intentional that this person is supposed to be oblivious, but, like... I do feel, and again, not in a bad way, because there's 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 no like limit on the number of like stories that we can have of like how there are no innocents under fascism, but like it is just another angle of you know there is no guilt free role in the empire. Like you're contributing to the war machine in some way, shape, or form. There is no because that's that's the point of totalitarianism is that there is no aspect of that society that is not related to war. I see Burb is quite literally licking her chops, waiting to talk about this. <laughs> Oh, I don't have anything. I don't have a point. I'm just doing a hard agree here. It's like even, you know, the babyest little paper pusher contributing to the cause. And I don't know. She got away with not being aware for this long. Tough shit now. You're still you know, doing the whole fascism thing. Complicit in this, etc. I think it's a common, um, I don't know what to call it. Not like concept, but I guess a common theme in Star Wars literature. Like it's I think every piece of story, I don't know how words work, but every story that we've read so far, when you read, I mean, there are a couple of people who just are, you know, have blind ambition, but for the most part, a lot of people are 
roped in. It's sort of a, I think, a good um, warning of how people get involved in these systems and how we ourselves as readers are involved in these systems without realizing not to quite the same extent. We're not blowing up planets at this point. But, um, you know, still, like, I think that it's an overall theme in a lot of the stories that go into, well, what are the mindsets of the people working for the Empire or, you know, everyone involved in... Um, my my brain isn't working, but whatever the opposite of uh, whoever they're fighting, Alphabet Squadron, it's not the Empire anymore. I don't remember what it's Shadow called. Shadow Wing. Shadow Wing. It was only two books ago. Well, I remember Shadow Wing, but isn't there like another, um, like whatever you would call the overall movement that Shadow Wing is? Oh, I think just the Imperial supporting? Remnant. Yeah. Whatever that would be called. Never mind. You know what? I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Let me go on mute real quick. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, I, I do think that's an interesting point about like how do people you know, get to the empire, how do they become part of it? And again, this is something that we see here. We see a lot of places. Most people aren't like invested in, you know, the ideolog- ideology. Uh- <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> the ideology of the empire. Like it's, it's very much the same fucking reason that people join the military here. It's get me the fuck off this planet. That sucks. And I hate everything. And like, I'll get a job, you know, shelter, Stuff like that. Um, you know, it's... And we've seen before, like, you know, even kind of during... Leading up to and during the, the Galactic Civil War, people were like, oh, well, I'll, like, join the Empire and then I'll just, like, bounce to the Rebels. And then they just stay with the Empire. Because it's like, this has come... Yeah, it's you, very... You're like a 12. Yeah, I was going to... Exactly. I was going to say, just to jump ahead to uh, the last story in this kind of segment that we read, uh, which is Kendall by Charles Yu. Um, it's big Erica Quell vibes. Like, and v- big Kendall Ozzel vibes as well. Like, and he is at least aware. Like, he, like, dies being like, yeah, I was a piece of shit. And I can I killed a lot of yeah. people. Oh, well. Yeah, too late now. Like, he doesn't necessarily feel bad. At, like, he, like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry I had to do that. But it's not like he's like, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's not, it's not guilt, necessarily. It's yeah. just like, oh, these are the things I did with my life. Yeah. It's just like Should've a clear-eyed accounting. Yeah. But yeah, those two stories do work well together in terms of like the the theme of contributing to to the Imperial War Machine and and like how everybody makes choices and 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 as as you said, Burb, mm-hmm. like including Erica, like I feel like Erica was for a long time very much this person who was like the character in Eyes of the Empire, who was like I'm just I'm just here so I don't get fined, like like <laughs> just just not doing things. She was ideological, just doing things because she's a person who needs structure. And that's what someone told her mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, it's, you know, I didn't really think of these as companion pieces. But now that you say it, I'm very into the idea. Um, obviously, because of the, the dichotomy between, like, the lady and Eyes of the Empire. Do we know? It exists. I don't. Rana, you're muted. But I think you were telling us. No, I wasn't. I was saying, I think they tell us, but I don't remember it. Okay, um, so that girl... I remember them describing her <laughs> hair for some reason. Let's see. Uh, oh, Maela. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mela, Maela, M-A-E-L-A. It's a Star Wars Ma- name. I'm Ma- sure Ma- they pronounce it three different time, three different ways in the course <laughs> of the story. They have no linguistics or like yeah. anything. So, but you know, it's they're both cogs, in, but she's like a little, you know, nut somewhere, just like holding something in place. And Oswald is just like a big fucking crank or something, like actually putting everything into um, movement. That's a phrase that makes sense. Um, Motion. Thank you. <laughs> the tides have turned. 
but it's you know it's very much like oh he had a really big role in the empire he got personally choked force choked across space (laughs) by darth vader and she's just again living her shitty desk job life I don't know if we're diving into Kendall yet, but if we are, I just want to say that I love the portion where he's like, well, at least I can't second guess myself while I'm being choked out. It's like, oh, <laughs> all right. I, that might be the most realistic thing I've ever read in Star Wars. I love that story was very. Have either of you uh, read any other work by Charles Yu? Mm-hmm. He has a couple other novels. So. Um, and one of them that I've read um, is called How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. And it is very much that same tongue-in-cheek vibe. Like this was like this was very much a story where like if you took his name off it, I would be able to tell you who wrote it because it's like <laughs> that very much that vibe of like oh I'm dying. That's kind of weird and somewhat upsetting. Like <laughs> yeah. Well, I loved that there was like that balance of tongue-in-cheek and also a little bit of sadness, but especially the like I thought he really captured nostalgia well when he's like. I think personally for me, when I think about memories, I do think of smells and like food. And so for him to remember his mom's stew and like the crisp mountain air, I don't know, that was like maybe I can't think of a word because Monday, but it was a very powerful thing, I think, in reading that. And even though it was Star Wars and I'm like, oh, whatever, this guy's being forced choked by Darth Vader. It was also like a, a reminder of the ways that we call back memories and the ways that we'll remember things when we get older and, oh, we're going to forget who you are. All those types of things. But yeah, I thought he did a good job of balance. the jokey aspects, the Star Wars aspects, and the sad sort of human. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I really liked how you really got the sense of all that blurring together, too. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, like, you're reading and obviously, like, words don't blur together. So it's kind of a challenging thing to do. But he really did that well. Yeah, I think that that's really evident um, when he's talking about the boy running up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too, because it's like, is this just so long ago? Are you just, like, such a different person? Is it because you have no oxygen going to your brain? Like, just say, it, the boy is you. The call is coming from inside the Star Destroyer. It's fine. <laughs> Another aspect of his story, just like as you, as you mentioned, the boy running up the hill, is when he was talking, up, talking about his partner who left to join the Rebels, and he didn't. Speaking of big Erica Quell vibes. Yeah, she was like, let's go to Rebellion. Exactly like Erica's girlfriend said. <laughs> Not mom. Not mom, famously. Not mom, Burb. <laughs> of all the people to get that one mixed up. That's homophobic. <laughs> I apologize to all Book Wars listeners. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my notes app up real quick. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I thought that part was wild. It's like, you know, obviously um, when folks are given you know, kind of some creatively build some backstories. I always really love seeing them because, you know, I love world building, that kind of shit. But when his fiance was like, false, like, oh, my, he could have joined the rebels. Like, it's something that I, I think I, I never think about a high ranking Imperial officer and like think about them just defecting. They all have the choice. They do. But do they realize? Think about. No. Even as they watch their friends get like killed for minute mistakes they're like nah it's cool this is where i go yeah Yeah, i also (laughs) minute mistakes he's like well i did jump out of hyperspace right over where we needed to be it was not sneak that was you know i like how he's like he's not gonna kill me over this though (laughs) oh never mind hearing i can't see anything (laughs) he's gonna gonna let up soon i'm just learning a lesson i can come back from 
Also, does Vader have like a, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's really a chill button on Vader. Like on that suit of buttons, not, none of them says chill now. He like, has no blue nothing. buttons on there. Yeah, exactly. They Red don't buttons turn only. blue with chill. Yeah. No, when he was like, surely he's not going to kill me over this. I was like, have you already lost oxygen to your brain? Because that's a stupid thought. <laughs> um, Just one last point on on him, on uh, Ozil and... and um, Maela, to be fair, is it reminds me of um in Battlefront Two, which am I the only person of us three who's who's played that? Burb, did you ever play it or I've watch played, the cutscenes? I've played through most of it. Okay, the the scene where the the one scene with Luke Skywalker, um the one level rather, where he's talking to uh, Dell, who is one of the members of Inferno Squad, obviously Imperial, and talking about like Dell is talking about like, look, I know what the Empire is, like I'm not stupid. But, like, yep. what choice do I have? And Luke is just, like, a choice to be better. And, like, and that's the choice that they all have. Like, that's the choice that Ozzel has. And he knew. Like, and, and, and he doesn't, you know, give himself an out. Like, he isn't like some people who are like, oh, I had no idea. Like, which is, you know, not good, but it's at least honest. And, like, and Myela has that chance, too. Like, there's plenty of ways to see the galaxy. Like, you could be a photojournalist. You could be fucking documentarian. That documentary maker documentarian that doesn't seem like a word sure I, I, it is I'll listen to it i like it i'm 99 percent sure that's a real word we're gonna go with it but yeah and so it's <laughs> it's that it's that vibe of like at the root of star wars and at the root of life like everything we do is a choice well i think that's like a common aspect of fantasy right is reminding us all that it's all it all comes down to choices even when you think there isn't a choice and oh as the reader if you don't see the choice is that a sign that like I don't know, I'm definitely a broken record today, but is that a sign that in your own life, like, maybe before you, and we all want to think that we'd be on the right side of things, but then sometimes when we don't acknowledge that something is a choice, we're on the wrong side of it. I don't know. Miranda's making a lot of faces. I'm going to mute again. Sorry, I'm just all good. Oh, God, that's not good. (laughs) Time to leave the podcast. Rana's goal is for no one to react to anything that she says. Ever. It's laughter, hatred. Those are the only two options. (laughs) I love it. All right, speak. See also George W. Bush foreign policy. Hey. hey. Oh. All right. This is a foreign policy pod. Speaking Notably. of strong feelings like laughter and hatred, let's talk about hunger. That's, that's my a, favorite that's one. That's a big one. Yeah. This is like. Sorry. I have to send a meme to the group chat about Bush and Star Wars. It's Never a wrong important. time. <laughs> Ron, I know this one. You said this one was your favorite. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I mean. For a couple of reasons, I don't have like something planned in my head, so please excuse my word vomit. But um, one, I always like stories. Well, God, this is a terrible thing to say. I don't think we should be comparing like vaguely animalistic life forms to indigenous people on Earth. But as a native person, I do always like these stories where um, it's like a reminder that these things are happening in places where things belong, right? Where other life forms are already there and that even if we are rooting for the rebels, they're still disrupting an entire system and an entire way of life. Um, and even somewhere that we think of as desolate as Hoth, right? We see from the Swampa that they've actually really messed up his hunting grounds. They've messed up his ability to feed his family. Um, so I liked it for that component. I also liked it because um, I just thought it was written in a way that really resonated. It was like... It wasn't overly simplistic. Like I felt like the other story, which we won't get into in this, that was from a um, non-human point of view, was sort of overly simplistic. But in this instance, it was like, oh, no, you know, driven by family. There are a lot of the same themes, but it was done in a way that I felt was a little bit more powerful. Um, 
So I thought that there's a note here. I don't know who wrote it. And someone wrote, colonization is bad. I just want to say, thanks. Whoever put that in there. Glad, glad we can acknowledge that. Yeah, that was was me. Um, Like my, (laughs) I like read the story. Surprise, surprise. I like read the story and I'm like, now Chris gets a promotion. I get. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, But yeah, and I I also just liked seeing, yes, I liked seeing the conflict with the rebels and, I always felt bad for the Wampa when Luke cuts off its arm. Like, I know you're supposed to be like, yeah, he's escaping. But I was always like, what's he going to do now? It's like the same thing in uh, Mos Eisley, but worse because, like, those guys don't hunt with their arms. So, yeah, um, at least this gave me a kind of satisfactory ending for the little Wampa, the giant Wampa. He's a daddy Wampa. <laughs> New band yeah. name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a great band name. We'll I had a point and I forgot it. <laughs> um while you while you I'll go um yeah i mean i think for me the like the crux of this is in addition to everything that rana said is that it's the good guys that are that are driving them out like it's not the empire who are the bad guys in this story the bad guys are the rebels and luke skywalker and it's it's he just it's fucking... it this story like is it it makes us ask the questions about like that we're not supposed to ask as part of star wars and that's who are the rebels hurting as part of their action and like obviously like war is bad like war it can be necessary like particularly rebel revolutions against totalitarianism like not necessarily a value judgment on the entire thing but it is important to understand that like what we are getting from this story is that the wampas are a sentient species or at least somewhat close to it and even though they're technologically underdeveloped because they live on a planet with no resources like they have family structures and thoughts and emotions and homes that they create and 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 they're a side note and they're 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 the they're the the enemy that is thrown in because mark hamill got in a motorcycle accident (laughs) and and so it's just it's it's always important to think about you know what are all the aspects of this that are being impacted and I think it's also really good. I mean, obviously, for all the reasons y'all just said about getting the story from the Wampas, certain point of... Um, <laughs> but it, it's interesting to see, you know, like you said, Chris, they are not text at all. It's, you know, just like a very kind of basic, you know, way of life for them. They live on fucking Hoth. It's them and the Tauntauns. What do the Tauntauns eat? Don't want to know. <laughs> A lichen and moss, right? Aren't they being fed lots of lichen and moss? Chain? Chain! Food chain! Insert Fleetwood Max on here. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, but there's there's some, you know, because of that, and like going up against the rebels who just like, hey, we're here now. Uh, It's like, and we we do see it in the narration. There's like a certain helplessness that Mr. Wampa has here. (laughs) He, you know, he's walking around. He's like, yeah, so like they're in some of our caves. I gotta get home, but they're gonna kill me. Because, like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's definitely a predator. And, like, he's just trying to go on and continue to live his life. But one made that real hard. And I think that's a very common, like, story, probably still now, for people who are displaced, especially when people colonize their area, of that quest to find your family again. I mean, you see that throughout history. I can only give you examples in this continent, but... Like, there are many well-known Native people whose story before their intersection with Europeans that we read about is them trying to find their family after, like, 
Europeans came and wiped out their village and like sold their kids away to slavery in Europe, which was very common in like East Coast tribes in the 15 and 1600s. Um, and I just think about things like that of like that just sadness. I mean, I didn't think about that while I was reading it. But then as soon as we talk about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it's kind of cute when it's a wampa. But then it's real people. Not in the story, thankfully. Thank God. <laughs> That'd be awful. But we, we just get cute animals for our philosophy. The story really reminds me of um, there's an episode in like early one of the early of Clone Wars where they're on one of Pantora and the Pantorans who are the blue people for for any who don't have an encyclopedic memory of Star Wars uh alien species and yet still can't remember to do my chores um but uh they're like they're they're trying to colonize priorities their, <laughs> they're trying to colonize their one of their moons and their 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 people keep going missing their troops i think um they're they're explorers whatever they call them in the show it's been a minute since i watched this episode Scouts. but what it comes down to is that there is a a species of at first glance they look they look very similar to wampus they look like kind of your stereotypical abominable snowmen but then they actually like try to communicate with them and learn that they are like fully sentient, fully like developed, like have like a language that they are able to communicate in. Like really, no difference between them and any other like civilized uh, group. And then there's there's the conflict in the story of okay, do we go forward with trying to colonize this moon for Pantora and wiping them out and kind of ignore the fact that they're not mindless animals, or do we? do the hard thing and actually try to communicate with them and work with them and get them into the, 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 the Senate. And that is, I feel like that story was almost like George Lucas looking back at the Wampa storyline and being like, I could maybe could have done that better. Cause like, cause it's, it starts very similar or if not could have done that better, at least acknowledging that there's another, could have been another side to that. Just to put us back on a, a happy note about the Wampas. Um, once you said abominable snowman, I suddenly remembered that it is very hard for me to remember which one is Luke and the Wampa and which one is the abominable snowman. <laughs> like the scenes in the movies with what? Luke. And then Are you talking about the Monsters Inc. abominable snowman? No. Or yeah, I think the mon- I think the Monsters Inc. one. I'm like, I don't know another movie well, with you. It's like Rudolph, maybe? Oh, yeah. Or, we watched that music class in first grade. and that's... There was definitely... I don't think I've ever seen Rudolph all the way through either, but I believe that there is an Abominable Snowman in that. I feel like they recently made a movie about Abominable Snowman somewhere, like DreamWorks did something. I think you're right. Yeah, I feel like I saw a preview for that one, like a family of them, and people are like running away from Yeah, that feels right. I don't know. Maybe this was a fever dream. Yeah. I don't know. It's big fuzzy white things in snowy caves you Indeed. can see i get genre. confused i really want a baby wampa plush now though it's like a little, a little fuzzy toy that does sound really cute or just get a like tiny fluffy dog and name it wampa i was thinking that i was like are there any wampas that have names like it would be a good name for like a white malamute or bill the wampa <laughs> i can't i don't remember if there's a wampa skit but i just have to say that a lot of times when we read these i'm reminded of the robot chicken versions of star wars and i don't think there's one with a wampa but there are a lot of other times that i read it and i like my brain is like did this really happen no that's robot chicken right i think that's good. yeah definitely just so you all know that happens in my brain a lot now that's incredible you're very welcome any further thoughts on wampas wampa rights I just word vomited more thoughts than I thought I had come, so I'm good. There you go. All right, let's talk about Ion Control. And one of my two favorite moments in this book, the other one is followed by the next story. <laughs> they have a betting pool 
about whether or not Leia's going to shoot Han down. I never knew I needed that until I saw it. I feel like I always wondered when they're like shouting at each other in the hallway and people are just trying to do their jobs walking through. I'm always like, how annoying must this be? So I know in the next story they bring that out again. But I loved the betting pool and everyone being like, I love that even like Riken was in yeah. it and everyone was like, yeah, we got to know. Like, we think this person's not. Nah, it's got to be this thing. Yeah. Fantastic component. Yeah, I, I lost my mind when that when I got to that part. But it's also like, they're not wrong. They're trying to have a rebellion on Hoth and Han and Leia are being like pissy teens. It's like, oh, but I'm not going to say so because I'm a 30-year-old man with who can't talk about feelings. How confusing it must be, too, for people who, like, see Leia as this great general and she's so, like, headstrong and has brilliant strategy and things. And then she's like, I'm just going to yell at this guy instead of, like, <laughs> interacting like a normal person. Yeah, and they're all just so ready for it to, like, happen. <laughs> it really reminds me of, and I, this is going to be the second time in recent weeks that I've brought up Harry Potter, which I don't love about myself um but it's there's a moment in the it's not too late to i know stop. right well it's just one very funny moment in the seventh book where it's like ron and hermione like finally kiss and it's in like the middle of a fucking battle and harry's just like is now the time <laughs> like that's that's just like very much the vibe <laughs> and i love it yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm here for it honestly but yeah i agree also like I think if you're on an ice planet and your only entertainment is like tauntauns and putting on another layer of clothes, I can see why you'd be like, hey, interpersonal drama. Let's go. Let's make some money. We're all stuck in this ice together. At least we have a soap opera. You want to start betting so that we can bet it on something else in a few weeks? I just laughed out loud at another putting on another layer of clothes being the only activity. Honestly. That's how you know I live in Colorado. No, same. Like, the, just just like the framing of that as like your only form of entertainment. It's like, what are you going to do tonight? Oh, man, I'm going to put on another jacket. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, I no, mean, no, no. when You're I was perfect. a kid, sometimes people would put funny. on as many clothes as they could. Like, you know, if there was no internet or something, sometimes you'd put on like as many outfits as you could. Did no one else do this? Oh, okay. <laughs> Told you Central Massachusetts is a different place. <laughs> well, it was a thing we did when the power went out, so. Fun. I love that. Central Massachusetts is Hoth. You heard it here first. It's not even that cold. <laughs> I will say, and I'll get back on point after this, I promise, but a lot of the times that they were all complaining about Hoth being so cold, I was like, oh my God, just shut up. Like, have some tea and enjoy the beautiful scenery. And then I was like, oh. This is the space equivalent of my mom being like, put on a second pair of socks. We're not turning on the heat. <laughs> so good. Now you have a glimpse into my life and I will let us get back on track. Thank you. That's I love lovely. it. Now I'm, now I'm finally understanding why 3 po is so bitter. He can't put on more clothes. Doesn't help him. Imagine him with a fashionable scarf. He already has the crop top. Like, he does. Work. It's true. Scarf and a crop top. That's a look for sure. Listen, it's it's the latest, uh, latest fashion in Haas. Indeed. I have... I had some other stuff I wanted to talk about with the story, but it's it's very much kind of in concert with the first story that we're going to read in the next section, which is Against All Odds. So I might save it unless y'all want to talk about kind of this. I like... loved this one. Oh, go for it then. Let's do it. I'm gay. And oh, are comment. we talking about the next one now? Oh, which yeah, which one are we talking about that you're gay for? Oh, Ion Control, not okay. the one with gay men. I love I love it. Oh, okay. I love it. You as they a woman are not gay happy. for gay men. That is correct. But it's it's like she's she's very like it's not it's not stoic per se, but it kind of is. 
is. She's she's very like, well, shit, we got to do this, and I'm nervous, but I'm going to be a boss-ass bitch about it. And go pew-pew and hit the Star Destroyer. It's almost... I like that she... No, you go, Rana. Sorry, I was just shit-talking, as always. I was just going to say I like that she's doing trigonometry to figure that out. I was like, give me the little tiny details about math, please. Like, so fast, I too. like it. It's very fast math. Also, I love that she was from Chandrilla. Like, you know, that's one of those plants where I'm just like, oh, ma, ma, ma. Um... <laughs> Because, you know, a lot of the well, a lot of the folks that we see in the rebellion are, are just like kind of run-of-the-mill rebels swear, right? A ton of planets you've never heard of. And then it's like, yeah, we thought Bon Mothma was cool. So we were like, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. She got on that the was a, That was an flight. awesome little detail. I think almost like, she's almost like pessimistic, not even just stoic, like, like yeah. resigned almost. But resigned without giving up on her job. Yes. Like, she's resigned that she's probably going to die and that this is not going to go well, but she's also like, well, that means I go out shooting. Let's go. Yeah, yeah she's like, I, I always just kind of assumed I'd die with this headset on, but I guess I'm escaping. Like, she's, you know, very all in for her job, right? Like, well, it, it was very funny. Like, you know, the place crashes in and she, like, goes to the next computer to see if that one's working. She keeps kind of doing the same thing. Leia walks in. She is doing it, too. They're just like, how do we continue to fight? And Han Solo runs and go. Computers still work. Women get shit done. Pew pew. Yeah. This this character is like apparently like one of those like that like had a name back in the like seventies when this was early or eighties when this was movie was released and so like people like developed elaborate headcanons about them and like and I don't I don't know that shit. Like I d I don't know what any of these characters' names are until reading this. And so I just like I found it interesting because I was I was talking to a couple people in the Tashi Slack when this book first came out about about this story and and one of them said that like yeah Torin Farr was always my favorite because you know she was just like so competent and cool and collected and I was like I didn't even know she had a name so that's awesome <laughs> women in Star Wars with a name and my headcanon she's no. gay but I'm pretty <clears throat> as long as she doesn't die of sadness I'm cool with her being in I was really glad her sister made it that, I would have been sad if her sister Same. hadn't made it yeah that was gonna be real sad mm-hmm. but speaking of gay speaking of gay there are more gays. We I just, love it. I just love Chase Wilsor so much. I am Soft Chase Wilsor. <laughs> He's such a sad sack and I love him. He's like, I really, I really want to go do, you know, my sentry duty. Um, but I got kicked out of being a person who goes outside at any time because I can't super walk straight and I can't shoot. I tripped over myself. I, I felt basic training six times. And he destroyed something <laughs> when he tripped over himself during a test. Makes me feel much better about myself. He's like, I just peel potatoes and take coffee to my boyfriend. I just like and read books. He looks in the mirror every morning and says, I am a valuable member of the rebellion. <laughs> Do you know who he should be friends with? He should be friends with Will. And I know the timeline doesn't add up, but he and Will would be good friends. They could, you know, he could give him the self-help book so he wouldn't have to send voice memos to people who he shouldn't be sending voice memos to. And they could be like buddies or more than buddies. They could be more than buddies. It's cool. New new headcanons that after the war, Will, Will and Chase. Go back to home mm-hmm. yes. and have a little family. Yeah. I, I do love I that, love like, it. when he's giving himself this pep talk in the morning. Like, he, like, obviously he does it every day, but everybody else is just like, well, please shut the fuck up and go peel your potatoes. It is kind of ludicrous that, like, people are dying and, like, doing all these <laughs> intense things. And then the guy who peels the potatoes is like, I'm valuable. I'm brave. I'm doing a really important thing. It's so good. 
But I mean, it's true. Like no, he, you can't have people do cool stuff if you don't eat potatoes. And so. he, I mean, he is doing like you saved a bunch yeah. of people. He knows all the secret mm-hmm. passageways. He helped drill the passageways, and, and then they asked him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> When there's a different story and he's like, oh, a bunch of people died making those passageways. I was like, was that our friend Chase who made that happen? (laughs) But then and then like this one, like to kind of bring back the point that you were saying before, Rana, when when they're arguing in the hallway and he's like, not all of us can just flirt in a hallway all day. Han. I like when he refers to them as like attractive people who have to put their problems on everyone else. I was like, oh, yeah, we've all known those people. Yeah. Yeah. Hot people can get away with anything. It's very funny. Just so good. But I also love that we have a story for that guy. Like, I care much more fun. about him. That is my favorite thing. You go. Oh, no. I was just going to say that's my favorite thing about these stories. Like, I know I keep talking about wanting to do like a live tweet rewatch of all the movies. And I'm definitely going to be watching that. Like, hey, that's Chase Wilsmore. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, he's got to go get that coffee. <laughs> yes. He's the best barista in the whole station. I also just loved. What were you going to say, Chris? Sorry, Andrew. No, I, I was just going to say, I also just loved how... Um, What's his boyfriend's name? Jordan. Jordan's like, you managed to get me hot coffee from all the way across the base. How do you even do that? So sad. (laughs) Such a sad sack. I love him so much. It's very sweet, though. It's so sweet. If I can make fun of Burb for a second, I feel like major Burb vibes and him saying, like, is this flirting? When the guy's literally, like, rubbing his shoulders and being like, you're so great. Like, that's Burb in our group chat. Like, I think this person, no, no, they weren't flirting. Like, no, she was flirting. It's okay. Jordan was also flirting. Yeah, but then he goes, he does that. He's like, oh, I have to stop flirting. And like somebody yells like, hey, Jordan, stop flirting. And was that it? Was that it? Does he want to? And then he, he, you know, goes to Han and Leia like, stop it. We also have a betting pool for this. (laughs) Yes. So good. I do love like, I I mean, I I love many parts of this story, but like it's kind of a good companion to, or like, um, not companion, but like, I can't think of the word, but it's like the opposite of um, Eyes of the Empire because like that one, the whole point was like that there's no... There's no job under fascism that's too small to be bad. That's too small to, like, free you from guilt. And this one's, like, the opposite. It's, like, there's no job in the rebellion that is worthless because, like, he feels worthless. But then he saves multiple people because of the knowledge that he got doing his job as a coffee runner. I just, I don't know. I just love that message. It's a nice contrast. That's the word I was looking for before. It's a nice contrast <laughs> uh, between the rebellion and the uh, and the empire. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same. I, I mean... Like, functionally, yeah, it's different because, like, fascism, famously bad. Um, Big if true. But, it, you know, it's... Despite it, what America will tell you in 2021. A... Um, it, it's the same lesson. It's like, no matter how small your role is, you have an impact. Plus, he gets to give coffee to his boyfriend. Yep. All right. Well, that feels like a much better place to end it. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Uh, next week, we're going to be continuing with our read of The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Going to be reading Against All Odds through the Final Order. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Kristen is just pointing to a whiteboard that says Star Wars. That's, that's her contribution right now. Um, <laughs> You weren't sure where we are. When and where are we? Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> so good. Uh, in the meantime, if you are just misguided and want to talk to us more, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, at BookWarsPod, on the Tashi Station Radio Patreon, as always. And you can email us, BookWarsPod at gmail.com. Uh, and if you have the means and are so inclined to do so, please do donate to uh, Islamic Relief USA at irusa.org and then after that if you have some left over and you want to support us 
You can donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Uh, those are great ways to help us cover our hosting and production costs. And we will continue to keep the great Argos, Cerberus, Jasper, Orca, and Tony content coming. Some excellent Jasper content on the gram today as we as we are recording. So thanks. Shout out to Burb for posting and Kristen for getting that wonderful candid shot. Uh, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. And our audio and production are done by our very own Kristen McDonald. I am Chris for... Rana, Miranda, Kristen, and Kate. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh my god! He made it! Oh, nice. <clears throat> he sounds so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not.